grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Peter, the second chapter, or uh, second Peter, the first chapter. Uh, we ourselves have heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Jesus on the sacred mountain, and we've heard the word of the prophets that have made more certain. And you'll do well to pay attention to it too, as the light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns when the morning star, who is Jesus, rises in your hearts. Dear friends of Christ, you know, throughout this epiphany season, we've been talking about how the glory of the Lord shines in us, and we spent a lot of time in the Ten Commandments, and we found out that Christ kept the commandments for us. And in our Old Testament lesson today, we see Moses climb up onto the mountain into the glory of God, gives the people the rules of God, the Ten Commandments of God, the mission of God for the people. Love each other. Quit hurting people. Don't hurt yourself and don't hurt God. Pretty simple commands. Love God, love people. Quit hurting people. And of course, uh, Moses came down, the people broke, broke the commandments, and, and God said, nobody can come into the glory of God. Don't come into the glory of God. And you've got that whole temple thing. Remember we talked about that? And behind the temple was the presence of God, the Holy of Holies. Jesus comes. He enters up onto the mountain, and He is the glory on top of the mountain. He is the one who goes up on the top of the mountain. He is the embodiment of the fulfillment of the Ten Commandments. He kept all the rules for us. And His holiness shines, and His glory is seen. The disciples are terrified. But He's the temple. And He shines. You know, have you ever watched rock climbers? It's amazing watching rock climbers, how their fingers can be so strong to hold on to a little ledge, and they'll climb straight up a 3,000-foot face of a mountain. Just, But they don't do it, most of them don't anyway, without any type of protection. They put a rope around their, their waist, and, and then they attach the rope to hooks. And they, 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 those, those hooks are are hammered into a crevice in the rock, into a crack in the rock. And those anchors keep them safe. And they go from one anchor, and they attach to that anchor, to the next anchor, and they attach to that anchor, so that if they were to slip and fall, the anchor would save their life. Well, in our text this morning, we find that Jesus is our anchor. He is the anchor for our souls, the one who keeps our souls from falling. The one who keeps our souls from falling away. Now, Peter wrote this book to the Christians who lived in modern-day Turkey. So kind of think about that area of the world. The Christians who were living there were in danger. They were following the ways of the world, following the sins of the people around them. They were finding themselves getting drunk and getting greedy and being engulfed in lust, the dangers of their flesh, falling away from the faith of letting Jesus go, falling back into unbelief. And Peter warns them. He pleads with these new Christians, being sober-minded, set your hope firmly on the grace 
on the undeserved love that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. He also warned them, in their greed, these false teachers will exploit you with stories that they've made up. Don't follow the stories of the false teachers. On this Transfiguration Sunday, we think about how Jesus stood on the mountain in all of His glory. His transfiguration was given for a purpose, to convince us. He is who He claimed to be. He is God in human flesh. He is the anchor of our souls. He is powerful to do what He says, that He can save sinners. And the glory of the Lord shines with us today. Now, we may not see it as did Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration, but His glory shines in the proclamation of His Word. His glory still shines in Holy Baptism and the Lord's Supper. God's glory is here as we participate in His body, as we participate in His blood, and we participate, and the water of Christ is poured over us, and our sins are washed away. And we see what Peter, James, and John saw veiled in baptism, word, water, bread, and wine, that gives us this assurance, which is our theme. We are anchored in the glory of Christ. You know, Peter never forgot his time on that mountain. It was indelibly etched in his memory. This was something he would never forget. Uh, how he saw Jesus change. Uh, he never forgot that feeling of standing in the presence of the glory of God. That was terrifying. And that's why he wrote, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power, about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of mystery. It was mysterious what happened up there on the top of the mountain. Couldn't even begin to explain it to you. Completely mysterious. It was weird. The transfiguration proved something. And Peter, James, and John, I'm an eyewitness. I saw it. I'm not making up any stories. You know, there were, there were as an eyewitness, Peter says, this isn't a myth. We didn't make it up. You know, the Greeks had all their cleverly invented stories. They had the mythology, we call it today. Uh, Zeus and, and, and Hercules and all those stories of, of the, uh, the mythological characters. The Native Indians had, had a, uh, a legend of how the world was made. They said that there was this gigantic turtle that was going traveling through space. This gigantic turtle, and it had a bunch of mud on its back. And tons and tons of that mud fell off, and you have the earth. A cleverly invented story. And Peter says, this is not a myth. What we saw is true. Jesus is God. Jesus is man, and he's powerful to save us. And he is the anchor of our souls. Matthew also records the event. He says, Here Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And the word here that is used is change. Uh, the word in Greek is uh, metamorpho. 
uh, which we, we get the word meta, metamorphosis from it. It's kind of what happens when a teacher is teaching her class about uh, a monarch butterfly. And then says, remember how they started as a caterpillar, and then they went into a cocoon. And it's amazing how a caterpillar can go into a cocoon and come out a butterfly. Changed. Completely different. And that's what they saw in Jesus. He changed before their eyes. Completely different. Peter, James, and John, they, they witnessed these things. They'd never seen anything like it before. His appearance changed. And that impacted Peter. But the voice also impacted Peter. Jesus, our text says, Jesus received glory and honor from God the Father when the voice came to him from the, from the majestic glory saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now we heard God's voice giving the approval of Jesus at his baptism at the beginning of his ministry. And now here at the end of his ministry, when he's getting ready to journey to the cross, again the glory of the Lord appears, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the voice of God again proclaiming his favor. This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. We ourselves, says Peter, have heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Peter witnessed it. He saw it. He heard it. The majestic voice of God and all that overwhelmed him. That whole event, he never forgot what it felt like to be in the presence of God. Jesus' face, shining like the sun. Because he's God. He is our Savior. He is powerful to save. He is the anchor of our soul. And that's why the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses you from all your sins. And you say, well, how do I know that's true? Because he shined. Because he is who he claims to be. His cleansing is real. He's God. Baptism is something that lasts. Why? Because Christ is in the water. The Lord's something is something something that lasts. Why? Because Christ is in the bread and wine. How can he do all those things? Because he's God. And it matters. How do we know he's God? We have Transfiguration Sunday. In the hymn, yeah, our text in Hebrews, let me, I want to read that, why the transfiguration is so important to our faith. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, where it describes Jesus as our sure anchor. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. The hope is Christ, the anchor is Jesus. This hope, the anchor for our soul, it's firm and secure. Kind of like a rock climber, you know, putting in the hooks. It enters into the sanctuary behind the curtain... There's that temple talk. This anchor enters into the sanctuary, into the temple behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, entered on our behalf. In the hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ in righteousness. We sing, my anchor holds, my anchor holds within the veil. And, of course, then we have that refrain, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And think of how, what anchors do. Think of how an anchor keeps a ship from drifting away. Think about how when you're climbing a mountain, how those anchors secure you. They keep you safe. They keep you from falling. They keep you from dying. 
And Peter says, that anchor holds you from within the veil. Do you remember the curtain of the temple? You had the Holy of Holies, and behind, you know, in the front is the, the area where the priests were. The only the priests could go there. Then you had the temple court, where we're going to talk about that in our Bible study today, where a thousand people could visit. So that was the area where the congregation would visit. Then you had where the priests would go, and then you had the, the temple curtain and the Holy of Holies with the Ark of the Covenant in the back. And only the high priest could go there once a year with blood. And he would pour over the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, which is the mercy seat, the blood on behalf of the people for the sins of the people. Jesus went into the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God, carrying his own blood. Because he had kept the Ten Commandments, he had been up to the mountain where Moses was, he had received the the Ten Commandments of God, and he'd been true, and he'd kept and he was a savior and he kept all those rules he was a perfect sacrifice and he stands in the presence of all that to be the anchor of our faith with his own blood the power to cleanse us the power to save the anchor of our soul and peter's talking about this what he saw on the mount of transfiguration he saw god he saw god's glory he saw god's son now why is what Peter saw on the mountain of transfiguration so very important for you and for your salvation and for your faith? Well, picture yourself climbing up that 3,000-foot uh, sheer cliff of maybe a, a place like El Capitan in, in Yosemite Park. 3,000 feet straight up. Would you be able to do that? Would you climb a mountain like a, a sheer cliff like that? If I had to do that, and I certainly wouldn't want to, but if I had to, I certainly would make certain that those anchors are secure. Because if I started climbing that sheer cliff, I wouldn't want to fall. Well, think about how many times you've fallen just in this past week. Think about how many times you've fallen spiritually. How many times have you broken the Ten Commandments. You know, not done what the Lord's wanted you to do. Hurt somebody. Or hurt yourself by what you're thinking or by what you're doing. Or hurt God by not being faithful to Him. How many times have you fallen short of His glory? Indeed, we fall. And Jesus is the only one powerful to save us. He's the only anchor. He's our only hope. The solid anchor, perfect sacrifice to stand behind the veil with His blood because it's God's blood. And to make doubly sure that our anchor of salvation is solid, Peter points out the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. He says, and we have the word of the prophets of the Old Testament made more certain. And you'll do well to pay attention to those words from the prophets. It is as a light shining in a dark place, like the light I showed to the kids. When you're scary, go to the prophets. And the prophets predicted many things, and all their prophecies came true. The prophets predicted that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. 
the 300 prophecies there are in the Bible of Christ, at, at least the ones we know. There are even more that are uh, more veiled. 300 direct prophecies of who Jesus was, and he fulfilled every one. The Old Testament talked about Palm Sunday, which is another window we have, as he entered into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, hundreds of years before the event. When a man enters riding on a donkey, that's the king. We had the whole event of Isaiah, 650 years before the cross, and he describes in detail the cross. Psalm 22, describing in detail the nails in the hands, the pain, the people mocking and gloating. And it all came true. And that's one reason, by the way, why we believe in the Bible. Because the prophecies are true. The Word of God is made sure. And it's also another reason that we know Jesus is the anchor of our souls. He's powerful to say. Peter fervently defended the Bible. He said, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture ever came about by, uh, by a, a prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter's word is clear. No prophecy of Scripture ever came by the prophet's own interpretation. Prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so God speaks to us here. God speaks to us clearly in His Word. God is still speaking to people today. Do you want to see Jesus shine? you want to see His glory? It's right here in the Word of God. Study His Word. Study the Bible daily. At least a little bit. The Bible says you're studying God's Word won't be wasted. It's not a waste of time. God will securely anchor your soul to Him as you study. And that's why Isaiah said, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to heaven without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my Word that comes out of my mouth. My word will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire, and it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Jesus is God's word in human flesh. He takes his word, he takes his sacrifice into the holy temple, into the presence of God, and he sheds the blood for us. And then we become the temple of God. And Jesus enters into us through holy baptism. And that's the anchor of your soul. And that's what Peter does. He encourages the people to stay anchored in Christ. And then he takes us back to the mountain to see his glory, to remember who he is. And John also talked about, he was a witness on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he wrote, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. With Peter, we say, Lord, it's good for us to be here. It's good to be here today to be in Your Word. For it's through His Word that we are anchored in the glory of Christ. Amen.
And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.